Hello, this is Mark Dean. Welcome to this podcast on understanding grief and loss. This podcast is part of the Back to Business series. Back to Business is a series for Cisco employees who are on leave or extended absences or planning on going on leave or perhaps returning to work from a period away from the business. We know that grief can put us on a roller coaster of emotions as we process loss and move through the different stages of grieving. So whether you are someone who's recently lost a loved one or you've been going through a grieving process or perhaps you're a colleague or a concerned relative of somebody who's been on bereavement leave, this podcast has something for you. We're aiming to help you to further develop your awareness of the grief process, to process your experiences in a gentle, compassionate way, and to find healthy ways to cope. Shortly, I'll be introducing you to clinical psychologist, Dr. Cindy Noor. We'll be talking about what people go through when they experience loss, and we'll be highlighting some of the different types of experiences and the way that people may express grief. There are many unconscious responses that kick in to help us manage grief, and it lowers anxiety if we can recognise them for what they are. We'll be exploring the stages of grief, and we'll be talking about practical strategies for helping yourself and others to deal with the inevitable losses in life. We'll focus on healthy coping skills, so you can come to terms with loss and to help people who are going through grief and loss to stay on track with their personal well-being. I'd now like to welcome Dr. Cindy Noor. Cindy is a clinical psychologist and practices in Sydney. Cindy sees a variety of people for a lot of life's normal ups and downs, whether they include anxiety, depression, and of course, quite a lot of people going through grief and loss. Welcome, Cindy. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Mark. It's nice to be here. Many people process grief in different ways. In your experience, Cindy, what are some of the more common stages people go through when they're experiencing grief and loss? So many people can experience a range of emotions. These can vary from shock and denial, especially upon hearing the news. Sometimes people can also feel a sense of relief, especially if it was traumatic to watch their loved ones suffer for a long time. However, sadness is most common. Do you have any quick tips on dealing with anger in this context? Yeah, anger is an emotion worth understanding. In anger, we see several common appraisals. Two of these are shoulds and thinking things are unfair. So if you're feeling angry, then you probably have a lot of shoulds about the person's death and may think it's unfair. Or perhaps you're feeling angry about how a family member has behaved during the time your loved one was dying. It might be worth remembering that people behave differently in situations and there's no rule book and loss is no exception. So what are some low-risk tools for caring for yourself and others after receiving bad news? Well, it's important to go easy, Mark. So you won't be your usual self for several months and maybe up to a year. Practice self-compassion, acceptance and self-care. Also, you might notice that your concentration, memory and attention are quite terrible, along with poor sleep. So it's important to take this into consideration when it comes to performing day-to-day activities like work and driving, and try not to be too hard on yourself if you're not on the ball. So going gently, gently is a key message here. That's right. Being patient. Absolutely. What about sadness then? What role does sadness play? 
Grief is quite different from depression. Um, so grief is centred around missing your loved one and the loss of your loved one, whereas depression is more about feeling worthless and inadequate and maybe even beating yourself up about these inadequacies. So whilst the resulting feelings can be the same, the sadness, the appraisals or the thinking can be quite different. However, if you feel your grief is not easing and hasn't lifted, even after many months, and your mood is quite low most of the time, more times than not, might be worth talking to your GP. Whilst you may always feel the absence of your loved one, the grief tends to ease in time, unlike becoming depressed, which can worsen over time. So is it helpful to sit with sadness? Yeah, absolutely. It's super helpful to sit with sadness and to know that it will come and go like waves in an ocean. And really grief is like that. It comes and goes. Sometimes it hits you harder than other times. And, you know, it's important that you can just notice, let the feelings go, but be okay to sit with that sadness. So it reminds me of this state of impermanence that we all live through. Um, any advice for people on contemplating that? Would mindfulness-based strategies be helpful? Yeah, look, mindfulness can be helpful as it teaches us to observe, describe emotions and non-judgmentally accept thoughts and emotions, especially difficult emotions like grief and loss. Most people may want to cut off these feelings, say by using alcohol during sad times, but this doesn't work. Because once the alcohol wears off, the reality of the loss always remains. So it's important to remember that grief will ease. Also, another important thing to remember is that your current loss will stir up previous losses. So if your remaining parent dies, then this will stir up the grief that you felt when your first parent died. You may even feel a greater loss as now the tie you had to your first parent is completely gone because your second parent also gone. It is normal for current grief to hit up against old grief like pearls in the pearly clays hitting up against each other. I really love that symbolism of pearls in a pearl necklace because it's kind of clanging together but there's something also quite gentle about that. Yeah absolutely. Are there any tips you could share on dealing with loneliness if this becomes an issue? Loneliness is something to keep a watchful eye on because from research we know that loneliness can also impact physical health. It's really important to reach out to those around you. Choose a friend or a network who are supportive, especially around the times of the first anniversaries. So for example, the first of everything after your loved one has died can be difficult in that first year of their loss. For example, the first Mother's Day or first Father's Day or your loved one's birthday, the first Christmas after they've gone. It's a good idea not to be alone during these times and to know that it's really normal to feel sad on those firsts. So planning ahead sounds like a good idea. Planning ahead is an excellent idea. Is there such a thing as a balanced approach to exercise, nutrition and sleep when you're going through grief? You can absolutely try and get some balance. However, a symptom of grief is that often your body can feel sluggish or you can feel like you're walking through mud, feel like a bit of a zombie. So just reduce the intensity and go easy on yourself. 
your appetite will often reduce, this eventually will return to normal, and the same goes for sleep. You can also find yourself dreaming about your loved one quite a lot in this time. So any tips on asking for help and support when you need it? Yeah, it's always great to ask for help, but go to someone who's naturally empathic and supportive. These friends will become more obvious to you once condolences start to come through. Some very helpful advice, Cindy. Thank you. Of course, you may be a manager or a colleague or a friend of someone who is going through grief and loss, and it can help to keep your own expectations in check. So not thinking about what I can do to fix this or change the situation for the person I care about, but perhaps offering compassion and support. What are your top tips for being able to do that and to be a supportive friend, colleague, or manager? Such a great question, Mark. So being supportive is very important. Actually, I think one of the best tips I can give you as a manager or colleague or friend is to pull out your calendar, mark the one-year anniversary, also mark the second month anniversary, and check on your friend at these points. Lots of support floods in straight after the loss and at the funeral and then it can all drop off within a month or two. So it is a good thing to have a reminder in your calendar to prompt you to check in with the person when all the support and condolences have dropped off. That's really wonderful, practical advice. Thank you. Makes it a bit easier for the person, doesn't it? Just to think about these mechanical, practical things rather than overboiling the ocean about how they can help. Absolutely. So when it comes to dealing with somebody whom you care about, or perhaps it's a colleague nearby who's returning from bereavement leave, what about that whole thing around avoidance? When you think, oh, I don't know what to say, or I'm sure they want me to leave them alone. Why do we sometimes avoid these conversations when people are struggling with grief? Great question, Mark. Avoidance is always related to anxiety or discomfort. People may worry that they'll say the wrong thing and feel they might make the person sadder and thus avoid them. This is a myth and many people want the opportunity to talk about their loss. So be brave and approach your friend and have a chat. So if you do see someone in the hallway at work and you're worried that you might trigger them when they're just wanting to get back into the swing of things, it may be helpful to say something like, I'm so sorry to hear about your loss and just wanted you to know I'm here if you need anything. It's a great tip, actually. Do you have a few other top tips on things to say or perhaps what not to say? Absolutely. Some great things that you might consider saying are, I'm sorry for your loss. I know how close you were to your loved one. Or it's such a hard time and it's really okay to feel sad. I know your loved one was special to you and I'm here if you want to talk or even if you just want to sit on the lounge and watch Netflix together. And what about someone at work who's, you know, trying to get back into it and they're throwing themselves back into the job? Uh, Any advice for colleagues who may be fearing, I don't want to take them somewhere where they don't want to go right now? What are some low-risk ways of simply acknowledging? Yeah, look, you could um, ask them for a coffee, go for a walk, have a chat, and you could just open with some really easy kind of questions like, how are you going? I know you've had a tough time. I'm here to talk. If you want to pull me aside, you can go to the kitchen, go for a coffee, those kind of statements can often be a good invite to, you know, allow your colleague to get what's off their mind, but, you know, in a gentle kind of way. It's interesting, isn't it? Because people later will often not remember exactly what you said, but just that they felt supported. Absolutely. That the sentiment was there. Yeah. And so people shouldn't really worry about the content of what they say, as long as they don't say some of the next things that 
we're going to talk about. Well, why don't we go there? Let's sure. have a chat about some of those things that maybe we should avoid saying. Yeah, absolutely. So you don't want to use words like, well, at least. So, well, at least they're at peace now, or at least you have your other parent, at least you have your kids. Anything starting with those words should really be avoided as they're quite dismissive of emotion. Some other things you might want to avoid is you'll get over it. And you probably don't want to ask really practical questions like, what are you going to do with their house? Or what are you going to do with X, Y, Z? These conversations should be left for another time or just left altogether. Great advice, Cindy. I'd also witnessed recently somebody just after a funeral talking about all of their grief and loss and how it felt for them years ago. And it really didn't feel like they were there just being present for the other person. Yeah, that's a great one. So important not to compare your loss with the, you know, person who's just lost someone and just to give the person space for them to have their own sadness is a good idea. Or to traumatise them with your own stories. (laughs) That's true too. Yeah. If you're a manager as well, you do have opportunities to support your team members. So do remember there are concepts like reasonable adjustments that you can go through just as you would if someone was struggling with another issue or a health issue in their lives, just to help them feel supported while keeping them connected to their work and helping them build their confidence after a really, really rough time. So HR is there to support you with that. Do get some advice and support if you're a manager of somebody returning from bereavement leave and you're concerned about just making sure you're offering the right types of support. Just remember it's a team effort and you don't have to go that one alone. So the weeks and months and years that come after losing somebody can often bring a great deal of uncertainty and and concern. Am I ever going to be myself again? And how long is this going to go on for? So I guess one of the big things for people going through grief and loss and having recently lost somebody that they love is the uncertainty. What will this mean? How long will I feel this way? Will I ever be myself again? And so there are lots of questions. And I noticed that people do go through different stages of grieving in their own timeframes and to different levels of depth. So there's not one answer to this question, is there, in terms of this is what you can expect to go through, this is how long it will take. So perhaps it might be helpful for someone just to really be gentle and approach the future with a degree of acceptance and curiosity, knowing that they're on their own journey and every stage that they go through is a different stage and is in itself impermanent. Absolutely, Mark. You make some really great points. and I've seen that very much in my clinical practice and absolutely agree with you. The curiosity piece and, you know, that grief will ease over time and that it's quite different for people. So, Cindy, if someone were to say to you, I'm worried about a colleague or perhaps they're just wondering for themselves, When is the appropriate time to seek professional support? You mentioned earlier uh, depression. Are there any particular signs that you'd look out for in yourself or other people that might indicate it's time to perhaps get some professional help? Look, Mark, if you're feeling down and you, you can't shake it, you feel quite down most of the time, more time than not. If you notice that your mood is quite down most of the time than not, you can't really enjoy the things that you used to enjoy and that this hasn't shifted very much over time, it's probably worth having a chat to your GP and discussing a referral. So who might they refer the person to? Yeah, look, they might refer you to a psychologist in your area and 
psychologists very much across grief and low mood and it's often it's okay just to go along and even if it's just for a few sessions sometimes having the space to talk to someone who's a stranger but is empathic and has the tools to help you can be quite helpful. And of course if you are struggling in addition to your GP or a private psychologist you've also got the employee assistance program available. The EAP is a confidential counselling service and they're highly qualified people who are there to offer guidance and support when you need it. You can also talk to HR and see what other supports are available, including in relation to flexible working arrangements. Dr. Sindhu Noor, I'd like to thank you so much for joining us and sharing your wisdom with us today. Thank you so much, Mark. So some of the key themes we've covered today in this session include exercise and patience, being kind to yourself, being compassionate to yourself, and being compassionate to others, and also not being afraid to reach out to ask for help and support, to let somebody know that you're feeling a bit lonely, or if you're a colleague or manager or concerned friend, just to let the person know that you're there and you understand that they'll be going through some rough times, and if they need someone to talk to, that you're there to support them. It's important also that you understand that as you go through difficult processes and difficult stages in life, you do have strengths. And if you remind yourself of those strengths that help you to get through difficult situations, it may just help you to understand and be more optimistic that I will get through this even though it's going to be hard. Appreciative friends, people who provide you with uplifting guidance and support are also important to reach out to and spend time with when you want to take your mind off it. If you do want to explore a little bit more about your strengths and in time, not straight away, you might also like to have a look at what are my signature strengths and how do I go about applying these strengths to get through difficult situations in life. So down the track and when you feel ready, you might like to explore the VIA Character Strengths Test. It's one free validated online test that's quite simple to use and it provides you with a list of your signature strengths that can be really helpful down the track and when you're ready to understand and appreciate to build your confidence and your self-esteem when you've been through a really rough period. So you could Google VIA Character Strengths Test and have a go at that and again in good time when you're ready. But in the meantime, do be patient with yourself, do be kind and compassionate to yourself, and it's okay to let yourself from time to time sit with the sadness that you feel, and in so doing, integrate that and accept it. And over time, hopefully that does pass or become less prominent in your life. Do reach out and ask for help and support. Be compassionate to yourself and to your colleagues. Thank you for listening today. Bye for now.